What a privilege Amen. for this outpost of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ to assemble together today. Amen. Due to consternation as to how to open this service with scriptures to lead our minds right, I'm going to use several. Please turn to Luke 17. I will not comment hardly at all on them, but I want several verses about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Many of us came from religious orders that were so confused about the kingdom of Jesus Christ and the reign and the rod of iron rule of the Lord Jesus. So let's just remind ourselves by a few places of Scripture. And while we're turning to Luke 17, I've thought of another one that's nearby. Luke 16, 16. We'll start there. We'll, we're going to cover five very quickly. Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. That's John the Baptist. Since that time, since John the Baptist, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. Amen. Do you think it was there for men to press into it or was it to be postponed and is not here yet? Chapter 17, Luke 17 and verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. It doesn't come with observation like the other kingdoms of the world. Hebrews chapter 12. No, John chapter 18. John chapter 18. Let's, sorry to misdirect you there. John chapter 18. Let's say that Luke 16 was spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ, about the Lord Jesus Christ in a 28 AD. Let's, let's pick 28 AD. And Luke 17 was 29 AD. This is 30 AD. Jesus is before Pilate. Verse 33, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. I'll be reigning from heaven, and my kingdom is unlike other kingdoms. If it was just an earthly kingdom like yours is, Pilate, my servants would fight. Right. Hebrews chapter 12. That was 28, 29, and 30 A.D. Hebrews chapter 12 is 60 A.D. Let's see if things have changed. The kingdom was there. It doesn't come with observation because it's spiritual, and Jesus indeed is a king. Hebrews 12, I've given you this so many times, but this passage is necessary for your understanding when you read an Old Testament passage like Isaiah 11. You need Hebrews 12, 22 through 24 right. in your minds. 
because it is with the spectacles of the New Testament that we can understand the Old Testament. Amen. Hebrews 12, 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. I know it's a long sentence, but that long sentence and all of its descriptive statements are about the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that when Paul had a Jewish audience, he did not encourage his Jewish audience to look to the future, to some millennial kingdom on earth in the Middle East. He told them, you are already come to the kingdom of Jesus Christ, which is a spiritual kingdom. It's a Mount Zion above. It's a heavenly Jerusalem. It's a, it's a different mediator. It's not Moses. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not Abel's blood. It's not Old Testament blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. It's the spirits of just men made perfect, the kingdom of all of God's elect. It's a tremendous passage. And if you'll remember this, it will save you so many times. This was 60 A.D. Still the same doctrine? Of course. Let's go to 90 A.D. to Revelation chapter 2. You say, are you sure it was 90 A.D.? No, I'm not. That's what everybody wants to say about the poor John, that he lived to be an old man and wrote the book of Revelation in about 90 A.D. Revelation chapter 2. Verse 26, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. Jesus already had the rod of iron rule. Right. He had already received it of his father. He was already set down in God's throne, on the throne of David, at the right hand of the majesty on high, if we were to look at other statements in these two chapters of Revelation 2 and 3. So 28 AD, 29, 30, 60, 90, all say the same thing. The kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, has been here for 2,000 years. Jesus is its king. Jesus has been anointed king. Jesus has been crowned king. He's crowned with glory and honor, and he's sitting on the throne of the universe. And we get to worship him today Amen. as our king. Amen. And we have come to a true Mount Zion. You know that little hill over there in the Middle East? It's just a little bit bigger than Paris Mountain. I, don't be shocked, and I'm sorry to disappoint you. But listen, you, you, let me, you, you carve away the sides of Paris Mountain and build a fortress on top, and it would be like Mount Zion. Paris Mountain is 2,000 feet high. The reason you don't think of it as very much of a mountain is because we're already on a plateau here. That you know, Simpsonsville is 860 feet above sea level. But uh, Mount Zion is 2,510 feet above sea level. It's not that big of a mountain, but when you carve away its sides that drop all the way to the Brook Kydron and you build a stone fortress on top, it was impregnable. When the Jebusites had it, they laughed at Joab. They said, until you can take away the lame and the blind, you ain't getting in this city. What they were telling Joab is, we can staff this city with the lame and the blind and you're not getting in here. 
I'm sorry for that little aside, but, and I'm sorry to disappoint anyone, but I'm telling you about our Mount Zion. Amen. It's got a city of Jerusalem on the top of it and a fortress that Jesus Christ reigns from, and it's got room for all of God's elect, and it's huge, and it rules the world. And we're an outpost of it, but we're in tight union with them. Look what it says, ye are come. Not ye shall come, but ye are come unto Mount Zion. We just happen to be down here. They happen to be up there. We're all part of the same kingdom. Lord, help us today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord of glory, the Holy One of Israel, Lord Jehovah, we thank Thee for Thy Son, and we thank Thee for choosing us in Thy Son before the foundation of the world. And we thank Thee for sending Thy Son in the fullness of time for us. And we thank Thee for regenerating us. And we thank Thee for sending the gospel of peace into all the corners of the earth, so that the earth would be filled with the knowledge of God, even the Piedmont of the Carolinas, to know about thee and thy Son. We thank thee for the hope of eternal life and everlasting glory in your presence. We thank thee that you have shown us that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, had arrived in the days of John and Jesus and the apostles, and men pressed into that kingdom. We thank thee for it, that it is not a kingdom of observation, because if you can observe it, it's temporal. If you can't see it, it's spiritual and eternal. And we thank thee for our invisible kingdom that is with us and among us and around us, bringing us into union with thee and those in heaven already. We thank thee that you have gathered together all the spirits of just men and that they've made perfect in your sight, in your presence. And we thank thee this day that we get to worship thy son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom you gave the spirit without measure above all his fellows who hates wickedness and loves righteousness. And the scepter of his kingdom is righteous and he's fairer than all the sons of men. We worship our king and we thank thee for him. Holy father, we pray this day that you'll open the word of God to us, that our hearts and our minds, the latter by attention, the former by affection, will lay hold of everything that is there for us, that by your spirit you will make it plain, that there will be no hindrances to the preaching of your glorious word. O Lord, let the word of the Lord have free course and be glorified right here in our midst. Let us rejoice in these verses that we have before us. Father in heaven, forgive us our sins. Forgive us the neglect of thy son. Forgive us the neglect of thy word. Forgive us right now, everyone under the sound of my voice that has a born-again soul. Forgive us for any bitterness or grudges or hatred or strife or contention with any. For we shall be smitten this day by your word and by your son's kingdom and the character and nature of it. O Lord, increase our love for each other. Increase our peace. Build up our unity. Let us dwell together in unity as brethren bought by the blood of thy son 
and are blood brothers together in your family, the family of God, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. O Lord, let us live worthy of that glorious title of being a son of God today, harmless and blameless, without murmurings, without disputings, but at peace and in love with each other. Let the oldest member and the youngest member bond today in your kingdom and all of us in between. Let us love one another without regard to sex, without regard to age, without regard to nationality, culture, race, or anything else, without regard to professional trajectory, without regard to wealth. Let us be equal together in the house of God and have peace and rejoice and praise and celebrate and sing and declare the wondrous things thou hast done. This is our goal. This is our goal, Heavenly Father. We don't ask for more money. We don't even ask for better health right now. This is what we want. This is what we need most of all. Heavenly Father, if you were to give us this, it wouldn't care how much money we have or what our health was. We'd be as happy as we could be. December would be as pleasant as May, and prisons would palaces prove. Have mercy upon us. Heavenly Father, we're sorry that we leave this place. And those eyes that you've given us see things, and they distract us, they tempt us. Our flesh that you've given us that, is, that we ruined feels things, wants things, and it distracts us. Forgive us the pride of life that causes fighting. Contention only comes by pride. Yes, right. Heavenly Father, have mercy upon us and forgive us, and now lead us in our services to this, this day that will honor and glorify thee and learn everything you have for us. We are excited. It's been prayed five times already. We're excited, we're eager, we're waiting. We're looking to the hand of our master to feed us with the bread of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name, asking all these blessings on all your churches of saints. It's in his glorious name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray, amen. Amen.